thank you for joining me today. My name is William Watson. This is Call to Serve Ministries. Join me as I dive into the scriptures and see what it has to say about my fellow believers and myself and how we should serve one another. And what the word of God says about the world and the day that we live in. Not only that, but a special look and a focus on caregivers, CNAs, uh, nurses, teachers, those who care for people. So join me as I dive into the scriptures, and I'll be right back. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to just share your word, your, your brief word with my fellow believers and those who may be listening. Uh, I want to thank you for the chance to do this, and I ask you to bless this word, bless what you have given me. Bless those who are listening. In your name I pray. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We were all created with different abilities, uh, different job skills, different uh, personalities. But God made us all from, from the same lump of clay. He molded us and shaped us into a, the image that he wanted us to be. But that image got corrupt. Particularly in the church. Paul had issues with the Philippian church. There were so many different conflicts, so many different uh, attitudes that was brought in from the, the Roman society into the, uh, the Christian church. Paul said in Philippians 2.4, that each one look out, not only for his own interest, but for the interests of others. Everyone has had an attitude, it's all about me. That's just, just one of the problems. That wasn't the main problem, that's one of the problems. People was focusing on themselves and not on the body of Christ. To build one another up was the main goal of the church. One of the goals of the church, besides spreading the gospel, we had to live with one another, build one another up while we were sharing, while we were sharing the gospel. We ought to also to minister to one another 
but that didn't happen. People were caring about themselves and bringing in their own ideology from the outside. Paul was stressing to them that you got to be on one accord. These things have to leave. The only thing that you should be concerned with is Christ Jesus is Lord. His Lordship is the most important thing that we, we should care about. So the, big, the biggest battle in the, in the Philippian church wasn't from outside. Even though they brought it from outside, it was eternal. It's inside. Because the people were together, and yet they was in the same building, but they they were together in the same building, but they were so separate, so far apart. Paul was stressing to them, do you remember? Down in verse 3. Let me go back up to verse 3. He said, Let nothing be done through separate ambition or conceited, but in the lowness of mind, let each esteem one another better than himself. Let each of you look out not only on his own interests, but on the interests of others. How can I do that? How can I look out for the interests of others? Well, as myself at the same time. It's called humility. Humility is the thing that is missing in the church today. It's missing in the church world. When I Look out for my own interests. I'm also looking out for the interests of somebody else. I'm taking care of myself, but I'm also taking care of somebody else. Are you okay, brother? Can I pray for you? It's not all about me. Sometimes, sometimes you got to look out for somebody else. Tell someone God loves you. You having a, are you having a good day? Let your focus be on another person, just me, me, me. That's the thing about the church today. We have a a mindset that says, "What's in it for me?" But Jesus taught that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now I'm gonna get to that in a moment. We should have an attitude of a servant. I mean, Christ showed us the attitude of a servant by coming and dying on the cross. And Verse 4, again, 
look out not only for his own interests but the interests of others. It's an attitude of humility. That's the attitude we should be having. Go to Luke 10.25. Jesus was teaching and a certain lawyer, a lawyer was well versed in the Mosaic law. Now, he's, he was very careful because he already heard that the Sadducees was uh, well, put in silent by Jesus. They kept asking him different questions, and Jesus, they, he answered them in such a way they couldn't respond. So this lawyer thought he had Jesus. He said, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teach, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? And what is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. This is uh, called the Shema. Every uh, Jewish, faithful Jewish person would recite this at least twice a day. Devotion to God is, is the most important thing we all know. We bring that over to Christ. Our devotion to Christ is our primary goal. Here, under the Jewish law, in verse 27, so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Now, your neighbor as yourself, you should love your neighbor as yourself. That probably comes from Leviticus uh, 8, 19, 18. But most Jewish, Jewish believers at that time, I mean believers in the law, regarded this as uh, pertaining only to Jews. His neighbor was another Jewish person. Now, Jesus wasn't going to contradict the law because they would have a reason against him. So what Jesus did, he told a story, told a parable about a Samaritan. We call it the Good Samaritan. Verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, this is not the, uh, the Old Testament Jericho. And fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, 
by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a Levite when he arrived at that place he came and looked and passed by on the other side now there's two ways you can look at this most uh, some theologians will say will point to the fact that in, under the Mosaic law they are not allowed to touch a dead person they didn't know if he was dead or not so they went by and didn't touch it the other way you can look at it as they knew they knew the man wasn't dead some say they didn't want to take a chance but the way the way that it is stated they knew he was still alive they didn't want to help him there was no compassion there was no mercy there and the man that that was injured he was probably Jewish most likely he was Jewish but a certain Samaritan now Samaritans in the uh, Old Testament, the northern kingdom was conquered by Syria. And the Jews that remained in Jerusalem intermarried with the Assyrians. And they had they worshipped in Mount Gizel. And they had their own abbreviated version of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of Moses. And to this day, until up until this time, the Jews and the Sumerians hated one another. There was no love lost at for either one. Samaritans hated the Jews. The Jews hated some Sumerians. Just like today, there's no excuse in the body of Christ for any kind of hate for any reason black people can't say I hate white people because of what they're done you can't hate for no reason white people can't say I don't like black people they bleeding us dry they doing this to us you can't say nothing nothing can be said our response should be a response of love and humility because we have Christ. Christ loved us enough to die on the cross for us. Let me go on. But a certain Sumerian, as he journeyed, came in where he was. He was walking by and saw him. And came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged him up, bandaged his wounds, poured on him oil and wine, which is their supposed alleged healing properties in oil and wine when it's poured on a wound. And he set him up. 
on his own animal. Most likely, he probably was a donkey. Brought him to an inn and took care of him. An inn could have been a house uh, with a guest room, what we, we would call a guest room. Or a, 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 a house just for the purpose of taking care of travelers and wounded strangers. So he went to him and banished him, banished his wounds, pour on him, pour on all and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him into an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will pay, repay. So, so Jesus... Responded in a way that also will shut him down, too. He said, So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? He couldn't say the Samaritan. Remember, they hated one another. So he said, He who showed mercy on him. He couldn't say to Samaritan. He just said, he, he who showed mercy. This whole parable is just like caregivers. CNA, taking care of people who may not like us, who don't look like us, maybe of a different race, but we take care of them anyway. That's our job. That's our duty. Whether you know it or not, that's your calling. That's your calling in life. Doc nurses, doctors, first responders, who I have a great love for, I will continue praying for them and uplifting them and try to give a word of encouragement. Let them know that it is biblical to care for another person. The conflict, the attitude of conflict must go away. It only could be done through Jesus. And go back to Philippians verse 8. Verse 8 is one of the, the most difficult passages of Scripture to explain. But we try. And we don't even become close. Most theologians will give you all kinds of different answers. But the bottom line is it, it is about humility. And being found in appearance as a man... 
he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of cross. Christ Jesus. Humbled himself. He was God. He's God. But he came from glory and put himself in our position. We have no idea what that would be like. But he did it for our for our benefit. And also so he can identify with us. So I put myself in the position of trying to un understand the feelings of the people I take care of. I can't understand everything, but I try. Got to humble myself and realize they need me. They are dependent on me, and therefore, I got to put myself out out the picture I can't look out for my own interests I gotta look out for their interests because my by doing that I am looking out for my interests because I gotta take care of myself to take care of them so the main focus of what I'm trying to say is we have to be humble Humility is a huge part of being a caregiver. Humility is a huge part of being a Christian. That is part of our lifestyle. That's part of who we are. So, let us pray. Father, in your holy name, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the chance to share your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, again. Thank you for moving in my life, in the life of those around me. I thank you that I can have a chance to live for you. I thank you others have a chance to live for you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, and I pray for a blessing for CNAs who work without appreciation but they still they come and do their job. I thank you, Lord, for nurses under the same thing, no appreciation, underpaid, just like CNAs, underpaid, overworked. But we still do our job, and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus that you see us, you know it, and you will bless us. In the name of Jesus, name of the holy name of Jesus Christ I thank you Father and I praise you Amen Now keep in mind that I am not uh, Dr. Michael Brown uh, David Jeremiah Bishop Wooden I'm just a guy with a microphone and a tablet who is obedient to the Lord Have a good day